Welcome to the Leadership Lowdown. This is the Michigan Business Network, and I'm Vic Versero. And joining us today, we have Phil McKinney. He's an author, coach, and consultant. I ran into him the other day, and I got to tell you, uh, I was instantly impressed. And so, Phil, welcome to our show. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Good morning. So glad to be here. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, it's so cool um, the way you're set up with your uh, – we're on a Zoom meeting right now because of our COVID restrictions. But, you know, what's so interesting is that he's set up. He's a handsome-looking guy. I wish it was TV. You'd do better than I would, so that's for sure. <laughs> I love it. Man, I knew I was going to like you, Vic. Yeah. <laughs> well, Phil, I'm so glad you joined us. And, and on the Leadership Lowdown, we talk to a lot of different people, and we just love to hear – about their leadership journey, where they're from, and where they're what they're all about, and some of the great things that have happened. And you've got some really cool things going on in your world. And I, I just thought maybe we should start at the beginning for you. So I, as I look back at at uh, where you're from, are you an original Michigander? Have you been here all your life, or have you uh, come from other parts of the world? So yeah, I'm originally from Central Michigan, and uh, spent the majority of my life here. Early in my in my 20s, my wife and I moved to Wisconsin and uh, were there for about five years. Thought we'd be there forever. And a uh, great state, but sure doesn't doesn't match Michigan. And uh, we moved back here in the early 2000s and have been uh, DeWitt residents ever since. Yeah. Well, it's really funny. Uh, you know, it, there's competitions between states, you know, and I, I know everybody from Michigan uses their hand as their map. <laughs> And believe it or not, in Wisconsin, I've seen people actually mash their hands all together and, and kind of do a, a, a shape their hand in a way that it looks like Wisconsin. It's kind of deformed a bit. But um, yeah. I don't know if they taught you that when you were up there. But what were you doing up in Wisconsin? So my, my, uh, my background is in the ministry. And my wife yeah. and I had, had transferred over there to help serve uh, a church just south of Green Bay. And, um, and it was our first time being out of state together and we were early in our marriage, early in our family. So it was a great kind of a, a, a mashup for us to find our, our way together in life, kind of away from what's familiar and starting a leadership journey together uh, and growing and developing uh, right off the bat in our early adulthood. Well, and, and I have to ask you, if you're just south of Green Bay, didn't it require you to become a Green Bay Packer fan? It did. In fact, I had to sign a contract right off the bat. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't <laughs> and, have a choice, uh, do you? No. I mean, it, it, it's a pretty big deal. You know, it's funny. In, in Wisconsin, this is a true story. When, uh, when the Packers win on Sunday and you go do any type of commerce on Monday morning, the whole state is celebrating. But conversely, when they don't win – it, you would literally think that a, uh, a state of mourning was was uh, mandated as people yeah. are down. And uh, <laughs> this may disappoint some of my Michigan folks, but I am, in fact, still a cheesehead. Well, look, at I, 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 no disappointment. Um, I, I get it. I've, I've got a very good friend of mine that was actually on the show as well um, who, who uh, considers himself a Green Bay Packer. He's a fanatic, and he's, he's from Indiana, lived okay. in Michigan for most of his adult life, so go figure that out. But, you know, the thing that I think is really interesting about that kind of scenario um, is um, I, I was there one time. Um, we, I was honored to be a part of some programs that, that got me – I actually flew with the team. So we, we get up there the night before. We're in, we're in one of the, the outer areas. You know, uh, uh, everybody's there. All the Green Bay fans are around. 
And a guy came up and they were just, and I, and I said, you guys are the nicest people. He goes, oh, we just love having visitors. We just want you to have a great time. You know, just understand you're going to lose, but just, <laughs> just enjoy it. <laughs> I thought, well, right. I'm a fan, so I, I kind of knew that. But uh, That's it, right. Such a neat thing. Well, we're glad we got you back in Michigan. And when you came back to Michigan, uh, there's been a lot of things along the way that, that uh, kind of got you and I connected. One of them is um, uh, we're working on the Global Leadership Summit, which is kind of a neat uh, opportunity for us to um, work with putting together a program that I think is going to be uh, uh, pretty exciting. You've been to that before, right, Phil? Yeah, multiple years now. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it is one of the, the best kept secrets, I think, that um, leaders, organizations, management, supervisors really need to hear more about. Yeah, it's a worldwide event, and there actually is um, is a uh, uh, a program that you can simulcast all around in, in in thousands of sites around the world. And one of the sites is going to be right here in Lansing, up in up in Dewitt at the Dewitt Community Church called North Point. And that that's exciting. That's coming up. What is that date? Is that August? I think it is. Yeah, is August August eighth and ninth. It's a Thursday yeah, and August Friday. August eighth and ninth. And it, and for for the speakers that you have, Marcus Buckingham is one of the one of the keynote speakers for crying out loud um, just some of the, the, the information we're going to garner from that is pretty impressive so that that's yeah. something if you're interested it's global leadership summit and we can uh, try to f- find a way to get you connected to that well when you got back to Michigan you've probably had some experiences and some things that along the way that were interesting to you did you come back here for for ministry work is that what happened yeah, I did. Yeah, we came back to um, help launch a church in the south side of Lansing. And my wife and I um, served with that community for about seven years, also while still working in the marketplace and mm-hmm. uh, holding uh, various roles and, and working dual, dual vocational. And so I, um, I, I personally have, a, have a, uh, a mindset that's a little bit different than some that would, that would just separate entirely towards ministry even though vocationally that's where my path is, I think that um, the the field of influence goes far outside the local Christian gathering. And uh, that's well, something I hope that we spend time talking about. Yeah, I'm really excited about that, Phil. You have such an interesting background and such a great, uh, great opportunity for us to learn from uh, some of the path you've taken to get where you're at today. We're glad that uh, Phil McKinney is with us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bergeron. We'll be right back. The Lansing Board of Water and Light is working on a cleaner energy future. A plan proposed by a citizens committee and the BWL will replace the coal-fired Eckerd plant with power from wind turbines, solar panels, energy-saving technologies, and cleaner natural gas that improve our air quality and environmental health. Learn more about the BWL's plan to become Michigan's cleanest electric utility at LansingEnergyTomorrow.com. The Lansing Board of Water and Light. Hometown people. Hometown power. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network, and we're glad that you joined us. I'm Vic Bershiro, and today I have a very exciting and very interesting gentleman that's joined us today. His name is Phil McKinney. 
He's the author, coach, and a consultant. And part of what I think is really exciting for me to talk about is, is uh, the book that he's authored. And that book is No Ego, but I love, I want you to, I want you to share the, the, uh, the subtitle for me. What is it again? It's Ditch Your Ego, Find Your Dream. Oh, I love that. It's Ditch yeah. Your Ego, Find Your Dream. I just think that's so cool. And I think that's really interesting. And, and boy, you know what speaks to me, Phil, is, is I've been kicking around business for an awful lot of years. And um, I, I, if you, if you want to um, watch somebody that's just no fun to be around, it's those people that are massive egos and that have just, um, and they're just full of themselves. I'll never forget, I had, a, I had a guy that was a vice president at the same time I was vice president. He walked up to me and, and he kind of is a, probably another four or five foot taller than me. I, I'm, I'm six foot one. And he looking down at me and he says, he says, you know who the most popular vice president is, don't you? And I said, well, I didn't know we were having a popularity contest, but why don't you tell me? And he goes, oh, it's me. It's me by far. And he wasn't kidding. He was, that was where he lived, right? And so right. I was telling you, I love the fact that you've got a book called No Ego. Um, and I love the whole concept of ditching your ego and finding your dream. That's awesome. Where did you, what was the inspiration for this? Have you run into a guy like I just uh, talked about? Oh, boy. You know, Vic, I think for honest, we've, we've all been that guy or gal <laughs> at some time, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't like to, to pull back the curtain too much on that side of it. But here's, here's what I did discover about myself. Uh, for the vast majority of my life, I, I wouldn't say I categorized myself in the, in the side of ego that most of us, like you identified, is the arrogant one. You know, that, that guy or gal that when you're talking to, you know they're not listening. They're just waiting right. for their opportunity to talk again. Or, or you, you catch them looking at their reflection behind you. They're, just, they're so in love with themselves. And, and, and yes, there's some type of, of element that, that I think we all wrestle through and yeah. have to overcome that arrogant side. But the side that I discovered most recently, a couple of years ago about myself and what I think most of your listening audience is going to be able to identify with is the other side of ego. I, I think it's also just as egocentric to be so dominated with insecurities, uh, inferiority, uh, limited stories or beliefs, and if if we're not careful, we'll actually begin to take that type of opinion and place it. This is going to be a big statement, but place it on the throne of your heart, and you begin to think less than, even though you are created by God to do amazing things. And so, I had a desire, like I'm sure you and and those listening today, to to do great things. I. I heard someone recently tell me that people are generally are yeah, generally uh, remembered for two generations. And by the time you get to, you know, a, a great grandchild or great great grandchild, that person, you know, is kind of lost or forgotten, maybe brought up in photographs or memories. And more than ever, I just desired to, to have a life that counted and mattered. And I discovered in, in, a, in an ancient text written by the greatest teacher of all, Jesus Christ himself. In Matthew's gospel, chapter 16, verse number 25, he says, those that would desire to, to lose their life for my sake will find it. Mm. And, and, and what, I, what I found in what is I began to study that verse, which the scriptures are not written in modern day English. They were written in a, in a different language, an ancient text. 
And the word life there appears twice, and each time it, it's the word suke, where we get our, our English word for psyche. And it blew my mind when I found out that historically it was also translated ego. And so I, I hijacked Jesus's phrase. If you'll ditch your ego, you'll discover a whole new way of living your dream. <laughs> and it's taken me on a journey. And out of an overflow of that, uh, I authored the book, No Ego, and, and began to go into spaces and address things that maybe with a little bit of different light or perspective can help us to, to step into a space of influence and purpose that we want to, desire to, but have been holding ourselves back. So tell me about, you just, interesting enough, Phil, you just, you just got into an area about, about um, and, and made me think about no ego. So are we really talking about zero ego? Because where, where does ego come into play with um, a healthy self-confidence? That's a great question. And I think that's an important thing that we need to decipher. So confidence is, is, in my opinion anyway, it's not the same as ego. I think there's the difference between proud and pride. Proud is rooted in truth, where pride is, is rooted in a lie. And so uh, there are things in my life and probably things in your life, Vic, and those that are listening, that we're proud of because it's, it's based in truth. It really happened, and it's an accomplishment that we're excited about. And my experiences are building my self-confidence. But pride tries to present something that isn't really there, and mm. it exaggerates. You know, uh, it uh, misplaces. That's, that's strong. Yeah. So, so, so you're suggesting that 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 the pride thing is is a little bit of an exaggeration, and and that's where it's where it gets a little more stretched than it than it should be. That's interesting. Yeah. Well, well, I I just know we're going to have lots of lots of those wow moments here, Phil. We're so glad you're with us today. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown, and we'll be right back. Sinair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sinair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sinair.com. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Versero, and we have with us today Phil McKinney. He's the author and coach and consultant of a book called No Ego, and I love the byline on it. It's ditch your ego to form your dreams and follow your dreams. So I just love that, um, Phil. I think it's so cool. But as you're writing something like this, I've never written a book. Not sure I'm capable, so I'm impressed with your effort, first of all. But also, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, was there, was there a chapter that, was, that just kind of poured out of you or one that was your favorite to do? Uh, any, any part of the book that come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, can I just tell you a little bit about the idea of, of publishing a book, too, for me? Yeah. Uh, I was the, the, the kid, the young man in school, who struggled to, to read and comprehend. So oh. uh, it, it was a, a major thing for me personally and internally. To, to do this project and what it's done even uh, just to uh, fill kind of add or fill in more uh, you know kindling to the fire of my passion for what uh, I'm, I'm really trying to do but yeah absolutely there's a favorite chapter of mine 
and I and I think it's chapter number six. Shame on me for not knowing it off the top of my head. <laughs> but uh, it's speaking to everyone needs a coach. And sometimes you use the word coach, you um, you know, my mind goes towards athletics or, or team sports. But it, we could also interject the word there as mentor, uh, someone that we respect or value. Be, and we all need one. In, in the book, I, I share that particular chapter, I share a story of my wife and I. We were so excited, rushing around to get on our family vacation. And we, we fly into uh, a small convenience store to get a bag of ice. I run in, literally run in, grab the bag. I'm so excited to get on the road and get going. I dump the big bag into the cooler that's in the back of the truck, jump in, throw it in reverse, hit the gas, and... Uh, you know, I'm, I didn't mean to hit the gas pedal as hard as I did, but it was enough to where my wife kind of fell forward. And as soon as she came forward, we we came to a smashing stop. And she flung her head back so hard that it broke the plastic clip in her hair. And she's like, what are you doing? You know, first I'm, I'm making her almost hit the dash. Now I'm smashing my wife's head against the, the chair. And I don't know what happened or what I hit. Nothing I thought was behind me. So I jump out and I rattled the ground so aggressively that the clerk from the store came out to see what happened. Wow. Yeah. And what I didn't see below the tailgate was one of these brilliantly yellow painted pylons. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and I looked behind me. It's not that I didn't look. It was just below the tailgate. And yeah. I, I made a perfectly u-shaped dent in in the in the bumper of my wife's truck <laughs> in in i get back in the car and when i when i looked kind of at the dash kind of getting my bearings about me it occurred to me that if i would have looked at the little screen on the dash the camera would have showed the pillar uh. yet the illustration that i share in this is that when we get in too big of a hurry and we, we don't have a coach that can see our blind spots, we're going to come to a crashing halt as well. And if, if we've got those people in our lives that we know that um, have a vested interest, they've perhaps been where we want to go, then they're going to have some insight that we need. And that, that lines up with ditching our ego because ego wants to hold on to what we think we already know. And it makes a closed-minded person and and eventually we're only going to go so far especially when you're uh, you're going in new territory you've never been so that's that's one of my favorite chapters i, I love that and and so phil it, it feels like to me there's some takeaways there because i think what, what i heard a couple of things one of the things i think is interesting is is the notion of uh pay attention to the indicators they might be small they might be there but but they're there right yeah. And so uh, uh, keep your mind and, and eyes open to those small indicators. And I think um, sometimes that comes out in my world. The people that love me the most are the ones that are, that are like easy. They can see it easy enough and notice that we're in a spot where uh, you missed that one, pal. Right. Yeah. So try to have those, those open and honest conversations. And then, um, you talk about uh, the coaches in your life slash mentors. Um, the other thing is we talk a lot on the show about, about mentorship and, and um, uh, getting those folks to that point where they can mentor you. And part of that, don't you think, Phil, is getting them to give you honest feedback? 
Yeah, and I think that's where uh, a real good mentor, uh, a mature coach in your life, they're not going to tell you what you want to hear. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. Yeah. And the reason I think relationship is such a big part, and I think that's what you were tying into with people that are closest to you. They're not telling you to chop you down. They're telling you to help build you up. And, and that takes a, a level of humility to hear it because, I mean, I, I'd much rather hear people give me the attaboys, right? I'd much rather yeah. get that's easy. Yeah, the proverbial slap on the rear end and keep going. But there's, if I'm really committed and if we're all committed to becoming better and growing and developing, then we need to be able to have the hard conversations too. Yeah, well, and it's the hard conversation. We, we used to talk, call them crucial conversations. Yep. Um, and, uh, and, and honestly, I think about that in terms of leadership and business. And sometimes we don't want to have those, those conversations might hurt somebody's feelings. But those crucial conversations are critical and, and can be the most humane thing of all, right? So right. Uh, uh, trying to open up and, and share um, honestly, I've always said, as long as you're careful how you say it, you can say virtually anything to anyone. Uh, just yeah. be mindful of how you're, how you're putting that all together and people receive that, that information. Well, there's a lot of information we're receiving today, Phil. We're so glad you joined us. We're glad that you've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network, and we're glad that you're listening to Leadership Lowdown here with Vic Bergeron. Hi, this is Chris Holman, and as chairman of the National Small Business Association and a business owner myself, I understand that when you run a business, you rely heavily on your computer network. You can't afford lost data, lost customer information. That's why you should trust your technology needs to ASK. Contact ASK at 877-ASK-4ASK for a free audit and analysis of your technology needs. That's 877-ASK-4ASK, or find them on the Internet at www.justask.net. ASK, taking the hassle out of technology so that you can run your business. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown with Vic Verschow, and our special guest today is Phil McKinney. He's the author and a coach and consultant, and, and we just got done talking about some mentorship elements, but I, I, was, I was thinking about this whole notion of, of uh, finding mentors, getting mentors, developing mentors in your life. I'm reminded of, of uh, you know, I don't know, first, second, third grade, whatever it was, uh, kids walk up on the playground and say, hey, uh, will you be my friend? And, you know, we don't do that as adults, you know, and make that formal announcement that will you be my friend? Well, I think it's, it's kind of awkward to say to somebody, will you be my mentor? I, I guess we all know what that means. But how do you develop that, that I'm going to say network of mentors, and you correct me, Phil, if you think it's not a network, but let's, let's talk about how do you how do you get there and how do you make them stronger and meaningful in your life? Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that we're going down this path because I think uh, one of the things that would keep us from seeking out help, a mentor or a coach or someone who can uh, kind of help us navigate uncharted areas, uh, takes a level of humility and a mm -hmm. commitment to growth. So maybe we would uh, verbalize it a little bit differently, but I, I also have discovered in my life that, that people – who are also on a, a commitment in life to grow and to become, um, instead of having a success mindset, they have a seeking mindset. And I think, you know, success is really important, but success for you and I, and those that are listening is what we do this week or this month. 
it, it can't be a destination. If it's a destination, once you get the thing or the, 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 the job or the, the project, well, if that's the destination, then where do you go? But if you, you look at destination as a mile marker, as a, on the, the, the traveling of what I'm becoming, and, and if you find people that you, you can connect with that way, I have literally uh, asked them in, in a way like you, you were saying, look, yeah. I really have some things that I need to know that I know that you can help me with. Uh, would you be okay with me spending some time with you? And, and the fact that they are busy people and that they are willing to say yes, if they say yes, well, then, then the cost falls back on me. But what I get from them is so much more than just the cost of a dinner. Or in my case, my, the three primary mentors in my life are all about a thousand miles away from where I live. Oh, and so wow. that means I utilize, you know, video chats. That means I utilize phone calls. Uh, that means that it'll cost me a plane ticket to get out there, even if it means in one case, I'll, uh, I'll fly out and literally jump in the vehicle and go do errands with my mentor, even for a day. And what he taught me up front was come prepared with specific questions because they, they want to make sure their time is valuable and, and then uh, begin to build that organically. And every one of the people that I, I, I seek for information, it started very, um, you know, very minimal and I believe in the rule of, of uh, allowing trust to be earned. And it's a two-way street. And when they see yeah. that I'm really wanting to extract from them and they see my motive is to implement, uh, they have been very forthcoming and relational with me. And as a result, kind of an overflow of that, that's what I love to do. If I've learned something that's helped my life or my business or ministry, I love sharing that with people. Yeah. Well, I want to I wanna, I wanna rewind just for a second because you – you really hit on something I think is really important. A lot of mentors that I see in mentorship relationships, I see people um, kind of hanging out with each other. Um, and to your point, running errands, you know, with your mentor or whatever it is. But what you just said was, was, was interesting. It, it, your mentor said, come prepared with questions. And I think that yeah. that's really powerful because um, a couple different things. One, you've given some thought. You 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 pulled over to the side of the road, and you said, "Let me spend some time on me, thinking about challenging areas for me and what I need to do." And I want to talk to my mentor about that. It, did you find yourself that when you were you were looking for those mentorship moments, that you did have some quality me time in all of that to figure out where am I going, what am I doing? Is that how did that? Oh, work? absolutely, and. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. And as we begin to identify that there's a purpose for our lives, um, I, I, in some circles, we might call it a gift. And so gifts inside each one of us are not something that you can go to school to learn your gift. You can only hone your gift. And so recognizing that there's a passion, a dream, an idea, a business idea in you, well, then it, it, it says, well, then what, where am I at today? Because I I can't decide where I want to go if I don't identify where I'm at and, and then systematically begin to figure out areas that I need to be fortified and then bring those questions. Can I, can I also say that every one of the, the mentors or coaches in my life, though they're very friendly to me, in fact, in, in most of the cases, I'd even say that they love me, but I don't, I choose to not treat that relationship like we're pals. Uh, I choose to keep a, a space of honor that I'm there really there to honor their time and value their life experience 
so mm. that so that they I, I don't want to become familiar. I want to I want to maintain that space of honor. Wow, that that's really important in this whole thing because as you talk about uh, what you just shared is that is that this is I, I want to say all business, but it but it's it's very intentional on your part to not let this sag into uh, let's just hang out together. Um, you're there with a purpose, trying to get some things done that you've given thought to and some other very specific efforts. I, I Phil, I think that's really some important issues related to mentoring. I'm so glad you joined us today. So glad that the audience is here on the Leadership Lowdown and you're listening to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Bursaro. We'll be right back. can listen to the Michigan Business Network on SoundCloud, iTunes, on the smartphone app, and on its website at www.michiganbusinessnetwork.com. Welcome back to the Leadership Lowdown. You've tuned in to the Michigan Business Network. This is Vic Vershero, and my guest today is Phil McKinney. He's an author, he's a coach, he's a consultant, and he's, uh, he's helping me an awful lot because I'm taking notes and just loving this conversation, Phil. Thank you so much for, for joining us. I have to, in the last segment, we talked about mentors and we talked about some really, really intentional uh, direction in that. And so when you get that intentional in terms of building from a mentor, there's got to be some growth opportunities. And tell me about maybe personal growth opportunities you've seen or what you notice when people go through these types of changes? What, what tends to happen? Yeah. So uh, an eye-opening moment for me was when, when someone indicated and science and studies prove this out that in every aspect of our lives, we are the average of our five closest friends. Um, I read a study just a couple of weeks ago about, this same effect happens even among students, that their GPA is the average of their five closest friends. That is such a relief. I was just hanging out with the wrong people or I'd have been a lot smarter. Is that what you call <laughs> uh, Yeah. So, you know, if, if you're seeking out a mentor or, or someone to influence your life, it should be obvious that you're talking to people that are either at where you want to go or have succeeded in those spaces. And so those begin to be an inner circle for you and people that are influencing you in a different way. And what I discovered in the area of growth and change is when you, uh, it's not that you outgrow people, you outgrow where you want to remain. And sometimes people won't take the journey with you. Uh, and, uh, and I think that's hard. I think that's difficult because, you know, it, I'm, I'm kind of a people pleaser. I, I want everyone to like me. I want everyone to, you know, be my friend forever but it's not the reality. And, and sometimes, uh, maybe I can say it this way, greatness has a way of offending the insecure. And it's not that you're necessarily saying that you're better than, it's that you're just doing better than what you were doing and it can expose insecurities in other people. So I'd, I'd like to just suggest or, or pre maybe warn some people that are listening today that when you make a decision to change and grow, you, you should expect criticism and, and all the greats, all the leaders, all the people who have done big things um, have become targets of critics. And uh, maybe I can say it this way. We need to stop treating our critics like stop signs 
and start treating them like billboards. You're going to pass about a dozen of them on the way to your destination. And it's just, it comes with it because when, when we break away from the camouflage of a crowd, you become more visible and now you're more exposed and you're out front. And, and, and it's not our aim to be necessarily different than we're just committing to cooperating with the gift or purpose that's within us. And by staying in the crowd, um, we're not going to be able to influence, which really is what leadership is, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's not about titles. It's about influencing and influence, you know, just to be clear that no one's hearing me say manipulation. That's not what I mean. It's my aim. I'm sure it's your aim, Vic, and those that are in leadership roles or, you know, corporate positions that we want to influence people for a good purpose, a reason. And I, I don't have the old adage, uh, such as I have, I give. It's impossible for me to give what I don't currently possess. Right, so this, this growth process isn't just about me getting more money or me having more trophies or awards. Me becoming more uh, postures me and it postures you and our listening audience to give more. And in, in life, then, our purpose means more. We're actually doing something significant. Well, you know, that, that man, there's some good meat and red meat in that whole thing that you just went through. I, I want to circle back on this critic thing. That, that's really cool, this whole notion of, of uh, look, they're not stop signs. They're billboards on the highway of life, and you just need to, need to glance at them and, and move on. But tell me about that. I, 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 I don't know whether it's fragile ego on my part or whatever, but literally I've given hundreds if not thousands of speeches and um, it's always fun afterwards to have all the people, you know, saying thanks so much. We really enjoyed it and, and all the positive reaffirmation. But if I have one person that comes up and says, wow, you know, I, I, I really would want to uh, want you to consider something different or I didn't like that or whatever. I can take a, a hundred positive comments and that one negative one will just destroy me. So tell me about dealing with that whole critic thing because. I think we don't, because of, I, I, I want to make sure I understand the ego thing. If my ego is so big that when somebody says something like that, I dismiss them because they're just, they don't know what they're talking about. I did a perfect job versus that fragile ego that, that I get one negative comment and now I'm crushed. How, how, does, that, how does that fit into the scheme of things? Well, I, I think in fairness, it, you, you wouldn't be human if, if it didn't, you know, hit you in the fields in a certain way because we'd love to hit it out of the park every time. Yeah. But I, I think when it comes down to the, the criticisms that we receive and I speak multiple times every weekend and, and I inevitably get somebody who heard me say something I didn't say or thought I should do this or that. Yeah. Uh, if we can remember this, if we're going to live our lives by their applause, then we need to be prepared to die by their criticisms. Mm -hmm. And understanding a, a, a healthy confidence as opposed to a fragile ego, uh, that means that we have, we value the voices of those who really know us. We value the voice of those who have our best interests in mind and we can take criticisms or counsel from people in relationship. I've discovered that some of the loudest critics out there, especially now with the social media world and the online presence, critics are just, like, uh, you know, anonymous snipers who don't have any skin in the game. We need to make sure that these are people that actually know us 
before we even take any consideration to their critiques over our lives. Man, oh, Phil, you, you were you were just a gem. I'm so grateful for your, you. for your thoughts today. Uh, I, I'm 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 going to have to cut the show off early because I got to go out and get your book because I think there's some really good stuff in there. So I'm just so grateful for your time. We've got one last segment. I wish there was ten more. It's fantastic that you've joined us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Bergeron. We're going to pay some bills and come right back. Place keeps changing, and successful companies recognize and embrace change through choice, adaptability, and innovation. DBI offers affordable furniture solutions for countless workspace options that will enhance the performance of your people and organization. DBI helps customers reach their workplace goals from improving worker effectiveness and innovation to brand expression. DBI is your office furniture partner. Learn more at dbiguess.com. Welcome back to Leadership Lowdown. This is Vic Verstero. My special guest today here on the Michigan Business Network is Phil McKinney. He's the author and a coach and a consultant. And man, I, I feel like I've kind of cheated you out of whatever your fees are, Phil, because today I got a boatload of really cool stuff. And I I, I pledge to you, I'm going to go out and get that book because I think there's some pearls in there just based on some of the stuff that we talked about. If I was going to try to get a hold of your book, uh, where am I going to find that and how do I go about that? Yeah, thank you. Um, you can go directly to our website, which is noegocc.com. Uh, we also have books available on amazon.com as well. Very good. And so how, how does writing a book work? Did you, did you have a, a, a ghostwriter with you? Uh, you said you didn't enjoy writing so much early on, or did you struggle through with it and, and get it down? I, how does that come together? Yeah, I, well, as a, as a young person, I, I did. I struggled to, to read, write, and comprehend. And uh, it wasn't even until my 30s that I began to value reading. And I, I discovered most of it was I was just trying to read the wrong books. And, <laughs> and once I began to read things that were intriguing, like any muscle, it became, you know, a, easier and better. And, uh, and now I'm, I'm just a... Uh, fanatic. I, if I came to your office and uh, the very first thing I'd be looking for is your bookshelf. I'd want to see, <laughs> yeah. see your library. Well, I, I think, I think what's interesting, uh, uh, again, a, a powerful mentor in my life was Gary Kinder. And, and uh, one of the things that he said, except for the people we meet and the books we read 10 years from now, we'll be the same person. Oh, and I, totally and I think that, yeah, isn't that something? Because you know, what you put into your brain, what you put through your eyes and what you, um, uh, the people that pour into your life, you've got, and, and I think what you told me today, Phil, is you've got to be intentional about it. Don't, it, it's not just a, just a, well, they were in the proximity, right? And to your yeah. point about um, grade point average of, of students in the same pod, yeah, it's because it's a proximity thing. And yeah. so um, sometimes putting yourself amongst people that, feel a little intimidating for the right reasons. It's got to be a great growth opportunity. It's got to be fantastic. And so tell me, um, Phil, 
writing a book is an outcome of your life's work. And really, you've been a coach uh, and a consultant and doing some business leadership things along the way. Tell me what that looks like um, when you're paying the bills um, with, with some of the work that you do with, with corporate yeah. individuals. Yeah, so as you mentioned earlier in the interview, I, I do pastor full-time, and so there's an element of my life that I've been doing counseling and, and coaching and, and helping people navigate difficult times in their life and challenges. Uh, I was raised in family business. I've always had an entrepreneurial heart. I, I really am drawn to so many aspects of the marketplace because I think that the business leaders, owners, um, executives in our communities are some of the biggest influencers out there. So if we can help the individual leaders become more, well, they could then directly affect hundreds, if not thousands of people in their network or, you know, in their communities. So for me, the space where I wanted to spend more time was hindered a little bit by the title pastor, because some people have, have boxed pastor into this is just what he does on Sundays. I mean, what could a pastor offer? So I went through the, the specific training and, and mentorship to become certified for the purpose of at least getting the door to open because I, I knew I, I had an opportunity to help people. And so um, I've, been, I've been blessed to be in a variety of different venues from the healthcare field to the sawmill industry to the collision industry and, uh, and helping individuals through relationship and, and earned trust uh, to navigate their challenges. A lot of times people are looking for a safe place to be honest about what they're wrestling with. And again, that's dealing with ego. So I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to do that on a personal level and, uh, and growing more into the corporate side of it. Well, and isn't it interesting the people that you meet and some of, sometimes the challenges they're dealing with. And so to, to peel back that, and then, and then the other thing I think is interesting is that part of what you've obviously learned in your journey is that even though all of us are dealing with unique situations, there's some common threads in there. And so I think what I learned yeah. from your conversation today is talking about, you know, what these, what these mentors can do along the way, what it means to, uh, I think the important part about this is to, if you check your ego and are willing to listen to those important people in your lives, they can pour into you some brutally honest facts that can change you in some powerful ways. And I yeah. think being, being brutally honest is probably not what we say, but it is awfully important if we listen to what those, those real messages are. Absolutely. Well, uh, again, how do we, um, um, uh, they can go to your website, which is noegocc.com? Correct. Yeah. And is there other way? I mean, is there other ways is, or is that the best way to, to find you? That's probably the best way. We also have a social media presence on Facebook, just no ego uh, coaching and consulting. And, uh, or I can be reached that email simply Phil at no ego cc.com. That's great. Well, I have been so grateful for your time. It has uh, been a real treat for me to be uh, able to have a chance to, to connect with you. We thank you for connecting with us here on the Michigan Business Network. This is the Leadership Lowdown. I'm Vic Bershaw. We look forward to talking to you next time.